Yes, you are, and welcome to a glimpse of the hectic nature that is my life. Uh, that intro sums it up perfectly. I am Russ. I'm the host of the Death of a Bachelor podcast, uh, episode 23. Welcome to it. I am glad you're here. Uh, and as we stand today, and I'm recording this on July 10th, I am now 26 days away from the wedding, from officially putting to bed this bachelorhood, which is, again, the impetus of this podcast. Uh, the fact that I was a bachelor for a long time and uh, suddenly find myself in an insta-dad situation, getting ready to marry a wonderful woman and uh, taking on her two awesome kids as well. Always not so easy. Uh, but definitely interesting and fun, and that's kind of the uh, the theme of this podcast, the the central narrative of this podcast. So again, twenty six days till the wedding, uh, which is kind of nerve wracking. Um, you know, there's the planning and everything that still has to be done, uh, but just specifically about the podcast, there were some things I wanted to cover before the actual wedding. So I have a plan now. 26 days, I have two main topics that I definitely want to do, uh, and then we'll do one centered around the actual wedding, and that'll be a two-parter, oh, getting big, uh, that'll be a two-parter, and that'll bring to an end uh, season one of the Death of a Bachelor podcast, certainly will not end, there's going to be a lot more exciting things to come as, you know, life progresses at its own, uh, you know, at its own pace goes through a certain evolution. There's going to be tons of other things to, to, to tackle in this podcast. Uh, in this one in particular, uh, there's a few different things we're going to take on, but the overriding theme is the technology episode. Uh, and it's it was kind of brought about because I believe it was this Sunday was National Video Game Day which I got very excited about. And initially, I wanted to do podcasts just talking about video games. Because think about it. So I'm 42 years old. So fathers and men, people really, I mean, it's not, you know, sex exclusive. But people of my generation, I consider us to be the greatest gamer generation. Because we grew up, you know, we knew the hard times. We knew the Commodore 64. We knew Atari. Uh, and we've seen all that evolve through the years into movie quality storytelling games and virtual reality. Um, you know, so we, we grew up at a time when, you know, we had all these cool games to play. Uh, and, you know, our parents didn't really know how to relate. They didn't know anything even close to this. Maybe they saw Pong, but certainly, you know, Zelda was nothing compared to that. Uh, or vice versa, you know, so I feel like we have a little bit more of an advantage when it comes to, to our kids and video games. So I wanted to do an episode 
basically just about that <laughs> and just about video games because I love me some video games. Um, and I kind of got the feeling the more I talked about it that it wasn't really strong enough to carry a whole podcast on its own. So I talked about it with Laura, who for all intents and purposes should get producer credits on this podcast. Um, yeah, I'll just give it to her. Why not? I'm a smart man. I'll just start giving her stuff now. She's already taken my pants and my shorts. Why not give her producer credit? I'm not bitter. Uh, so she, you know, was kind of like, don't just limit it to video games. There's so many other technological advancements and things that we didn't have to worry about when we were kids that now we have to address as parents. And I thought it was an excellent point. So I'm going to do that. Uh, I am going to start with video games because I don't know. I like talking about video games because I've been obsessed since I was a kid. I mean, again, you know, I kind of went over the timeline of, of, you know, video games from when I was growing up. And, you know, all my friends had Atari, and that was great. I never really did, but I did get an, a, a Nintendo. And not like the, the crappy Nintendo 64, the GameCube, or the Game Boy, none of that junk. The original Nintendo NES system. That thing was sweet. It came with Rob, I believe that was his name, the robot operated buddy. I'm pretty sure that was right. Um, yeah, it came with him and the gun for Duck Hunt. You know, it, it was awesome. I mean, you know, all these games and, you know, we look at it now and the graphics are laughable. But at the time, that was mind blowing. Mike Tyson's punch out Super Mario Brothers. That was I mean, that's still kids still know that theme. That's how legendary that game was. Zelda was a cult classic. I mean, most of us, you know, we talked to our friends. How did you get by this level? Oh, my God, you got to burn down this bush. And then all of a sudden, and, you know, it's a funny analogy because I feel that way sometimes. If I'm driving around certain parts of town and I have no idea how I got there, that's what I always go to in my head. Was that level in Zelda where you have to, like, burn down a bush and then all of a sudden you're in this totally different world? That's how I feel. I'm probably alone on that, but I'm okay with it. But I was so into Zelda in particular because that was a real problem-solving game and you had to know certain tricks to the point that I subscribed to a Nintendo magazine. I'm not kidding you. Uh, and it would, it would like preview upcoming games and that was really cool. Um, but it would give you tips. You know, that's how at least I learned about that Contra. Was it up, down, up, down, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA, start? I think I probably messed it up. But... Somebody I'm sure in their head is correcting me. Um, yeah, that's how I learned about that trick. And you get like 99 lives and you can like basically never lose at this game. And it made it so much more fun because now you can see all these additional levels that were so hard to get to before. Uh, so I loved this magazine and I had a monthly subscription to it, believe it or not. And uh, and that's how I learned how to, you know, beat these games. And that's how I learned how to beat The Legend of Zelda. Oh, my God, I got the Triforce. It was amazing. I remember... I still remember beating it and just the jubilation that I had. That's a million dollar word uh, from beating this game, this silly little video game. But it was like it was hard and I did it. It was commitment. Um, and then and I stayed up late to beat it too. one of my friends stayed over and we beat it together. It was great. Uh, beat the game. And then the next morning I go to play it. And my profile was completely erased. I still to this day blame it on my brother. I have nothing to base it off of, but I just think he was so jealous that I beat it before he did that he deleted my profile. But anyway, I carried that Nintendo, uh, that passion 
uh, I guess you call it, um, obsession is probably more accurate, carried that on to college. You know, I remember, you know, in our dorms, we'd have, you know, it was getting into Sega at that point too, but Super Nintendo was still, you know, pretty popular to the point where I asked a girl on a date to come back to my dorm room, dorm room and play Mario. Now, the surprising part of it is that she said, yes, <laughs> that's a surprise of it all. The part that's not a surprise is that there was no second date when when that's where you start. I still remember how awkward it was. She's like, oh, really? This is we're really going to play video. OK, yeah, no, that's cool. So, wow, I got to go. Sorry, buddy. It's time to get out of here. Um, but skip ahead just a whole bunch of years and just going from that Nintendo system to looking at how things advanced. You know, I play with the kids now. We have, uh, you know, this thing called the Connect that hooks up to the Xbox where it is just a basically a, a video like a camera a sensor and it'll just watch your movement and you are the video game controller. It's crazy. I never I mean, we had like the power glove, but that was cheesy and that didn't work nearly as well. But like, could you imagine like when you're a kid, you know, when you're playing Donkey Kong that one day, like, you know, just for an analogy, like you could be Donkey Kong throwing barrels like it's it's just crazy how how the video games have evolved in that way. You know, virtual reality, you throw on this headset and you are in the video game. You can look around at any degree uh, and you are there. Minecraft is the big one, though. I know at least my kids, probably yours, are addicted to Minecraft. Um, and at first I thought it was pretty stupid. I, I still kind of do, but at least it allows them to be creative. Like they're they're figuring out new ways like, oh, if I use this I don't understand Minecraft nearly well enough to make an analogy, but at least it helps them to like, you know, build things and, and try to use different elements to, to create. And they knew they know if you use, they use different combinations of elements that they'll make something different. And that aspect I like. What I don't like is and God, please tell me, you know, this reference, but there's tons of videos online of kids just playing Minecraft and my kids and probably yours too will spend hours and hours watching these kids just playing Minecraft and I'm sure they're getting they're getting sponsored they're getting money for that just to play video games and for people to watch them because they know all these cool tricks and it honestly I don't know if it hit me until I was preparing this podcast but I thought like as much as I criticize it and I still do. I think they're morons and I can't stand them. Uh, but it's the same thing that I did. I mean, basically, I subscribed to a magazine so I could learn these tricks. And I, I'm sure my parents thought I was nuts that I'm getting a magazine just so I can learn how to beat a video game. Like, no, don't read about how to beat the video game. Just play the game. It's same thing they're doing because I'll freak out. Like, don't watch somebody play the game. Play the game. No, they're learning tricks on how to build different things. Like, it's it's sitting in there. I just, if the kids were less annoying, that would be great. That would make it totally ideal. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you imagine when we were kids, if there was a video channel dedicated to people playing Zelda and watching them take on these new levels, that's probably, I probably would have watched that longer than I played the game too. Uh, so I completely understand. So launching further into the technology part of it, because again, video games, just a launching pad. Um, 
I want to talk about phones, but basically phones and computers go hand in hand with what we have now. Um, because I mean, when I was a kid, if you had a wireless phone, that was cool. I remember sitting in my next door neighbor's house with my wireless phone and I thought I was so cool because I could actually sit in somebody else's house and still get a phone call. My dad was a traveling salesman, so he had a self, like a car phone in his car and he could talk through the speaker of the car. And that was fantastic. Like that was the coolest thing ever. I felt like we were, you know, in the DeLorean or something, you know, it was, it was amazing. But like now, I mean, these kids are spoiled. They, you know, they, I mean, kids in third, fourth grade have their own smartphone. We do not do that. Our kids have a flip phone. They're lucky to have that. Um, but yeah, I mean, kids have their own smartphones and the, you know, it's, it creates this new form of independence that I don't think parents are ready for, uh, because the kids are definitely not ready for it. And I don't think we are too. It all, it all throws it off, you know, it throws the whole thing off kilter. But one instance that I did want to throw in just as far as phones go, just cause I found this so funny and I thought it like culminated all this. So we were watching some terrible movie last night. I think it was parent trap. Or it takes two. One of those where it's like, I have a twin sister. Oh my god! Um, and I don't, I don't know which one it was. But anyway, one of them was in a phone booth, and Laura said to Madison, "Oh, look, that's a phone booth. That's what we used to make phone calls from." Like trying to be funny. And Madison says, "No, I get that they're on the phone, but why are they typing? Because the girl's punching in the numbers. Why are they typing?" That's so funny. Like it's just funny to think those differences. Like they don't know what it's like to use a regular phone. Um, but anyway, the biggest thing that we need to hit on here and the biggest difference is computers. And with computers, I tie in tablets and really phones, too. It's all in the same thing. So, I mean, when I was a kid, as far as references go, I mean, you know, I remember we had a word processor and that was like mind blowing because you could just type on this little screen and all of a sudden the words would appear on the page. It's like, wow. So I don't have to like type it and like worry about spelling and everything. Like I can type it out first and then print it out. That's crazy. Um, you know, and I didn't, I don't think I had a computer until I got to college and that was mind blowing too. It's like, wait, so I can just go online and I can just look at pictures of Jennifer Aniston. Well, that's killing two hours of my day. It's actually not an exaggeration whatsoever. Um, but anywho, so the kids now have tablets and it's like an electric babysitter, basically, that, you know, each kid basically has a tablet and they have it loaded with games and apps that'll just keep them occupied. So it's like, hey, if I don't know what I can do with you for the next hour or so, just jump on your tablet and you're fine. Well, that gets dangerous. And, you know, we've certainly learned that the hard way, and I'm sure you have too. Um, but they can just, like, connect and play with friends all over, which can be great in theory. But what if it's not a friend? What if it's just some person that they think is a kid? Like, it's just these these worries that you have to deal with that I'm telling you, when I was on, you know, my NES system or on my dad's word processor, I certainly wasn't worrying that someday I was going to have to have a talk with my kids about, you know, not talking to a kid pretending to be an eight-year-old because it's actually a 64-year-old man in Des Moines who's just trying to find kids who are home by themselves. Des Moines very far away, so maybe that's not a good example. But anyway, uh, a person who's just waiting and preying on kids. It happens, and that's scary, man, because there's some sick people out there. Um, you know, and when we're kids, it's like, hey, just don't go 
in that ice cream van that says free candy walk inside like that's not a great idea now it's you know don't open up an email link from somebody you don't know because now you get a, a virus or they can you know read your whereabouts on the computer or if you're chatting with somebody while you're playing minecraft don't tell them you're home alone um you know, and I, I will say as far as Boy Scouts, I had to have that talk with Merle. Like they require it, which I certainly appreciate. Um, but you have to talk about that. It, it's a it's a must talk, you know, as as much as the birds and the bees, you know, as much as crossing the street safely. It's a must have conversation now with kids, um, you know, and I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll give this example, not necessarily a bright spot in our family. Uh, but I think it's important, especially with, you know, this topic. So I have a, well, I had a YouTube channel, uh, and most of it was just old videos from my days in radio. It was, you know, songs, parody songs that I did with, you know, a, a, a slideshow basically of pictures and, you know, certainly not the most interesting thing to watch, but it was a cool way for me to put my parody songs out there. And, you know, a few of them had a lot of viewers. I had one in particular that, you know, no exaggeration, had several thousand views. Um, it was pretty funny. I was pretty proud of it. And I posted it every year and it always got more and more viewers. So I was pretty proud of my channel, pretty proud of my collection. Um, and the kids needed me to log in onto their tablets so they could, you know, download apps so they could have access to the, the app store. So I do that, not realizing that at that time, me logging in for them was basically giving them access to my account. I just thought it was, you know, allowing them access to download apps, but not once they got to like YouTube, they were commenting as me. Well, that became very dangerous as Madison started going on these these YouTube channels and talking to the other gamers, which, again, had that talk several times. Um, you know, don't talk to people on there you don't know. Basically, don't talk to anybody unless you have talked to your friend and said, this is my profile. What is yours? Let's talk. Don't talk to anybody. So she was talking to people and not proud of it, but using some pretty adult language. Um, to the point where my account got blocked and eventually erased because YouTube found out that it was not me. It was my very young daughter who should not be on YouTube. So they erased that account. I lose all those videos. Not too happy about that. Not too happy at all. Um, but it's interesting because it comes back to that conversation of like, you know, again, from my generation, it was, you know, if you, is it okay to look at your kid's diary, you know, or their notebook, you know, to find out what's going on in their lives. And, you know, most parents, I think we're kind of split on that. Cause it's like, yeah, well, you should, cause you have every right to know what's going on. But at the same time, kids need their own privacy. Well, at, at to a point, they need privacy to a point. You know, they need they need room to grow. They don't need helicopter parents. But at the same time, you have every right to know what's going on in your kid's life, you know. And the only reason I knew about that was because I was getting emails to my account that there were comments back and forth. And when I checked that out, I was none too happy at what I was seeing. And we had a conversation 
and YouTube rights got taken away. And little did I know at that point, my whole account was getting taken away. So yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that there is a safety concern, a safety concern when technology comes into play. I mean, you really, you can't be too careful when it comes to that, especially when your kids are, are growing up, um, you know, with so much advanced technology, you know, at, at their fingertips and they're learning at such an advanced or such an early age, all this advanced technology. I mean, I, how many times, you know, it's just a joke, but you know, if like your grandparents need to get, you know, their TV set up, you know, or, or, you know, if they're getting like an, a fire stick or something like that, it's like, Oh, just let the kid do it. They'll probably be able to, you know, handle it better. And it's true because it's, you know, when you start learning something in an early age, it just clicks. I mean, how quickly could we burn through Oregon trail, you know? Um, but on top of safety, you know, I think is something very real, which is the addiction part of it. That's no joke, man. FOMO fear of missing out. It's, it's so real. Um, but just that instant gratification, you know, the, I don't know that optical satisfaction, I guess I just made up a really fancy word, but you know, seriously though, like it's funny. I, I put up a poll because of video game appreciation day, asking people what their favorite video game was, you know, of all time. And a buddy of mine posted how, you know, my friend Kevin posted how we would be up like all night playing Tetris. Uh, you know, they, we'd come home from school, everybody just go right to my house. We play Tetris. We'd eat, you know, personal sized pizzas. We'd drink, you know, all the Coca-Cola in the house. Sorry, mom and dad. But yeah, we'd like go through that stuff like crazy. Um, and, nobody really cared, you know, and maybe it's because our parents didn't grow up with video games and it was just like, yeah, you know, whatever. That's what you, just what you guys do now. That's cool. Um, you know, maybe they didn't really understand that addiction part of it. Um, but now, you know, it's what we do. And I think most parents kind of do this. You limit the screen time, be like, okay, you can play, you know, video games for one hour, or you can play on your tablet for a half hour and that's it. Then you got to get outside and go do something. Um, and I think part of that's because we understand from personal experience how strong that addiction is. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of it has to do with the overstimulation. Um, you know, we have so many different options now. I mean, okay, if you're a kid growing up right now, you probably have a tablet, you have a TV, you know, and on that TV, not only do you have local stations, you might even have cable, you probably have Netflix. Um, like I know we have Roku, which has Sling on it, you know, which has Amazon TV. We have all these different things, all these different stations we can watch. And on top of that, we have an Xbox, you know, so on top of all that. And then we have our phones and there's games on the phone and, and different things to watch on the phones. So there. Oh, <laughs> And oh, by the way, we also have an actual computer and that has things you can do as well. So it's, I think we limit it because there are so many options. So it's like, if you just stay on this thing, you know, you're going to do this all day or, you know, you were just on, you know, the Xbox. So yeah, no, if you're going to go grab your tablet, maybe for a half an hour, but then you got to do something else Like you have to step away and give yourself a break because that's what they're being raised into. That's just what they know. And if I, I think of it as Wally, if you haven't seen the, the Pixar movie Wally, first of all, 
delightful. Um, but on top of that, it's I think it's very telling. And I think it's almost, you know, foreshadowing how people are just, you know, living in these chairs and staring at a computer screen. And that's how they're living. You know, they're talking to people. They're walking right by them, but they're talking to them through the screen and not actually, you know, like face to face. And I, I feel like we're really not that far away from that as ridiculous as it looked in the movie. Uh, we're not that far away from, from that being our reality, you know? And you know, I'm full disclosure. I'm talking about this mostly with the kids. I am very comfortable fully admitting I am a hundred percent addicted to my phone. I am admitting it is the first step. My name is Russ. I have a cell phone addiction. Um, but it's true because I don't know. It's a lot of different things. You know, I, I, some of it's probably ego. Like I post stuff and, you know, I like to know right away that people like it. You know, it's kind of that, again, instant satisfaction of, you know, you put something out there, whether it's funny or creative or thoughtful. And it's like, oh my God, somebody like it. Oh, somebody likes it. Yay. I'm not alone. Um, you know, I definitely have that. And I know I'm not alone, but you know, there's that or, People can reach out to you so easily. So you're, you know, you're looking at your phone, every text message you got, because maybe it's going to be really hilarious or important. It's usually not. It's usually either spam or something stupid, but it's there and you got to look. But yeah, so it's, it's a very strong addiction. And I can tell you when we take the, the technology away from the kids, it's like a junkie, you know, going through rehab, you know, no, I need it. I needed just one more. I swear it's the last time. It's never the last time. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but here's what I will say about technology. And I'll finally put a bow on this thing. What I've learned as far as parenting go, and I think I've learned something, is that you are never prepared for some of the difficult conversations you're going to have. You know, like you are, there's nothing that's going to prepare you for having to talk to, you know, your then eight year old daughter about using profanity online to the point where it gets your account blocked. Now, I will say it wasn't anything that vulgar. I'm making it sound like she was a, a trucker or something. No, she and truckers are very nice people. Filthy language. Very nice people. Um, but, you know, it was just inappropriate and it got flagged and then. You know, I had to explain to the person messaging me that it wasn't me. It was my daughter and instantly blocked. Um, so you're never prepared to have that conversation. Um, but that's where you just kind of have to go with the flow. You have to learn to adapt. I think that's one of the main things about parenting is learning to adapt. But but the other thing about parenting, and I feel like I understood this before I even was a parent is that the best parents remember what it was like to be a kid. And that's where I feel like my generation and the ones after me are in perfect position to be good parents because we have that exposure to technology. We've watched it all the way through. We can relate. You always need to save room for fun. That's a lesson my mom taught me when she got me a Wii for my graduation present is save time for fun. It's so important. And our lives get caught up in these hectic messes. And sometimes we just don't think about it. We don't make time for it. 
you need to. So as much as it is a concern, as much as you need safety, you still have to have time for fun and learn to use technology responsibly, I guess is what I've learned through all of this. So thank you for listening through to this message. I appreciate it. More episodes to come with more laughs, I hope. Thank you for listening. Be good to each other.